Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Hunt Closet. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life on closet. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. So it's really interesting when we start to look at these live closets that we think, oh, we're the only one. And then we start to move about in the world as we start to step out and be more truly ourselves. And then we run into other people who are like, yeah, I didn't really realize this was who I was. This is how I was showing up in the world. This is what I was being. And today's guest, I had the privilege of being on his podcast not long ago. And he came to me and said, I want your unsolicited perspective on being a gay man. I'm like, absolutely. Let's let's do this, brother. And mm-hmm. um, as I got into the podcast, I started thinking, this guy's got some interesting insight. And then we actually had a little bit of a conversation about how similar yet different we were in our experiences as humans on the planet. Mm-hmm. He happens to be a brother. I'm just going to say that I feel like he's from another mother, um, an amazing guy. And he happens to be a black man. And we really did come to that perspective of how similar our experiences are, but also these things that hold us back from really seeing others in their own way. And I'm so glad that Bruce Anthony is here to really share his perspective on his journey. And I want to make sure you all Go listen to his podcast. I'm serious. Go listen to Unsolicited Perspectives. It's amazing. And um, we're going to have a good conversation about the things we don't see. And then suddenly we get these wake-up calls about, am I really being that? Am I truly being that person? So welcome, man, to the podcast. Good to see you again. It's my pleasure, Rick. I'm I'm excited. This is the first first interview that I've done. I haven't, I don't normally do home and home. Okay. You know, I, I don't normally have. Well, it's because, you know, on... you, you know, you're just so elevated that it's like, I just no. show up and no, I'm kidding. It's, it's not that at all. But, but, but you asked me to come on and I was like, definitely, definitely. Cool. Cool. Well, and I love it because I love this perspective of when we have this alignment as humans that we, oh Yeah we truly do have more in common than we are different. Even though your experience as a black man is going to be somewhat completely different than mine, because I can walk down the street. Nobody knows I'm gay unless I'm wearing like I'm gay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Here it is. Right. Right. Um, But as you know, a person of color, there is no hiding this. Right. And given how the planet tends to be these days, that's not something easy to hide. So let's kind of talk about, you had a story that kind of like connected you to my world. And then you had an epiphany around that. And Mm -hmm. um, so let's kind of step into like, you were raised a a young black boy. I don't even know where you were raised, man. Where, where, where did you grow up? Oh, I kind of grew up all over. I was born in Chicago, Illinois, moved to Richmond, Virginia, lived in a little town called Lynchburg, Virginia. Yeah. You know how it got its name. Uh, Mm. And then moved to the DC area when I was 16. So DC is home because I've been here for over 25 years. Uh, But uh, yeah, I've been a little all over. Nice. So that's a good thing because I think those of us, and I'm not knocking anybody who's listening like, well, I've always lived where I live. That's cool. 
I just know for me by living similar to you, Bruce, I lived all over the place. My family mm -hmm. kind of moved. My dad was in construction. So he kind of moved wherever building booms were kind of happening, all that stuff. Yeah. And it gave me such a different perspective on the world. It helped mm -hmm. me see things through a different lens, which I think is part of probably what led you to unsolicited perspectives of like, hey, here's all the different ways we can see different things. But um, right. you actually had an experience that helped you kind of see, huh, maybe I'm not as not as in alignment with like gay people as I thought I was. Well, so what kind of spawned that for you? What is an unspoken truth? is that a lot of black Americans are conservative. You know, growing up in the church, my father was a pastor, my uncle was a pastor. Uh, so I didn't realize that there was this anti-gay sentiment that was kind of being ingrained in me from my youth just because of the environment that I grew up in. I also grew up in the 90s as a black man listening to hip hop. Uh, not very supportive of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, words that were said uh, that are derogatory to gay people were commonplace uh, yep. in my youth. And it wasn't until I was 25 bartending in DC, which I credit living in DC and working in the service industry of introducing me to just a variety of different people. Mm -hmm. um, I met a... He's he was a gay, white, male Republican from the South. Wow. Uh, and when I talk about the South, I'm not talking about Virginia. I'm talking about North Carolina, the South, which was just so funny to me because it in in looking at him, it seemed like there were so many contradictions, but they 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 weren't. Just you can be gay and be a Republican. You can be gay and be a conservative, um, but. We would just talk and he was so smart and I gravitate towards smart people anytime that I can learn. And we would just talk about experiences. And I remember uh, I didn't say the F word, mm. uh, but he he said to me, Bruce, you saying that word is like me saying the N word. Yep. And I said, yep. it, I don't want to compare traumas. I said, not quite, but I get your point. No. I but get no your stretch point. of the imagination. Yeah, but I, I was like, I get your point. And from then on, since 2005, I've never said that word. Um, and just being his friend, it got to a point where, and I was extremely homophobic. Um, and I don't really understand why, but I was. And it got to the point where we became so close, I would even talk to him about his boyfriend and their, and their relationship troubles. As a matter of fact, I'm such a huge Superman fan. When Superman Returns came out in 2006, he got a special screening ticket. He had three of them. And he said, Bruce, I know you love Superman. Would you want to go and be with me and my boyfriend? And by that time, we had been friends. And I said, of course. He's like, it's going to be me and my boyfriend. It's a date that I'm going out with my boyfriend. I said, I don't care. Let's go. Um, and, and, and it was at that movie that I kind of realized, hey, I don't have that thing that I didn't like about myself once I became his friend. You know, I became a little bit more comfortable. I'm ashamed of the person that I used to be, but I'm happy that I continuously evolve because there are some times that I catch myself. Uh, certain rappers say certain things or certain comedians say certain things and you want to retell the joke and you're like, well, wait a minute, 
I don't think that's funny anymore. Right. Uh, but you have to catch yourself. And mm-hmm. so it's a, it's a constant evolution. I like the person that I'm become, but I know I still have more work to do. So, uh, Josh, I'm not gonna put your last name out there, but thank you, brother. I appreciate you. But it, these are those moments when you have that reckoning of self. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been a lot of just a lot of stuff around the Black Lives Matter movement, right? Mm-hmm. And I've always considered myself very accepting and all of these things until I realized I'm getting on this bandwagon and yet I'm only on the first step. Mm. There's so many things in my own progression in that, that I had to start looking deeper at myself. Mm -hmm. And then I brought a friend of mine on the podcast right as it was kind of happening. And we had a really good conversation super good conversation and it helped me see what i couldn't see mm-hmm. and actually that was the first time i said said what i already said it was the first time i realized i could be a, a gay guy walking down the street and nobody's ever going to figure this out mm-hmm. but a black friend of mine cannot do that and so this is where our journeys are similar but so different yeah yet in your own way you also saw that with the fag word versus the N word. And yet it's so different, but yet very similar. Just you and saying think, the word right now just made me uncomfortable. Oh, I hate it too, yeah, but yeah, I, I needed, I, I need to yeah. say it so that you right. can have that, you know, impact. And there are even things today that I will observe that I'm like, so I live in a very quote white town mm-hmm. and I hate to say that, but I do admit it. Because it frustrates me. It frustrates me that that's where we, that that's what we have for being such a quote, open, diverse, welcoming community. But even as I say that, I'm like, there's some interesting twists in my own way of viewing the world. I want to see more people of color. Maybe it's because I'm married to a Hispanic guy, you know, but I also go, we've got so much work to do here on the planet in Mm -hmm. so many different ways. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's why I felt like it was really important for us to kind of have this conversation today of you can be similar in your walk and your talk, but don't just assume that somebody has always been there. And that's why I'm so glad you shared that story about your friend, because we are continually growing into our perspectives of how we see each other in the world. Yeah. So with marginalized communities, there's always some intersection there. Yep. Um, but I feel like the most important thing that we can do when people from opposite sides of the track are speaking to one another is not compare traumas. I think a lot of times people get bogged down of this is what I'm going through. Well, this is what I'm going through. Well, you don't know what it's like for me. Well, you don't know what it's like for me. And they stop listening to each other. Right. They're not hearing or listening to each other. They're trying to speak over the other person as instead of just listening to what the other person says. I am never going to discredit somebody's struggle. Because that's their struggle. I'm going to listen to what they have to say and learn from it. And I think people need to do a better job at that. But also you have to look at who people are interacting with. I have a lot of white friends. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of black friends. I have a lot of friends from every walk of life and I always tell them, look at your circle of friends. What do you have around you? Yep. 
if everything around you is the same, then you're not really experiencing anything outside of that bubble. So you're going to look at things with rose colored glasses on because you can't, you don't have any, any connection to that world. Uh, so, so don't go out <laughs> and look, don't go on, uh, sites looking for you know gay friends or black friends or asian friends or latino friends right. or things like that try to pick it up naturally but also understand what your circle is and mm -hmm. how you might be walking around life with blinders on well and this is one of the things i've learned in my own podcasting journey i started realizing i work with a lot of different people coming out of the closet the amount of people I work with coming out of the closet that are people of color is very little. Now, people are going to be drawn to certain types of people, right? Mm -hmm. What's interesting is there are, there are black men who are very attracted to guys like me, like bigger, stocky guys, right? That's been interesting to watch in my own personal business. But when I started going, wait, in my podcast, why am I not talking to these people, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I started bringing, you know, guys and gals of color onto it, I started getting a lot of people. I actually got a couple of people saying, oh, you're just trying to meet the quota. I'm like, don't even do not even pull that <laughs> bullshit with me. I brought these people on because I think they got a really great conversation to be had here. Right. But I have to admit, Bruce, it did get me thinking like, OK, well wonder what it is that it doesn't feel like it now here's what i do know about my community and you already kind of alluded to it <clears throat> coming out of the closet in the black community is an even bigger struggle people I, of color I, who come out asian black it's a whole nother especially and i have to just say especially i know this to be true for a lot of people in the black community because there is that conservatism that's that religious piece that's deeply embedded Mm -hmm. And it's very, very difficult. I would say but that's why I started just, giving voice to it. I would say not just black, it's people of color. Cause I yep. know for a fact, I would say that because uh, I have family that's Dominican and Puerto Rican, and there's a whole side of my family that's that, that it might be even harder in a Latino community. Absolutely. Uh, because Latinos tend to be Catholic. Yes where most black people are, are Baptists or Protestant, uh, but Catholics, yeah. Woo! Yes. Catholicism, that old school Catholicism. It's like, everything is a sin and you're going to hell for everything that you do. Yep. So yep. homosexuality that you've been ingrained from a childhood to just say, this is evil. The Catholic church saying that, mm. um, mm -hmm. that, that yes, it's extremely difficult for, uh men i think men just yep. in general and then yep. when you go down those lines yeah people of color uh because you're already marginalized anyway yes and well gonna... and that's the thing is starting to realize the commonality of already being marginalized mm -hmm. there's so many intersection as you said you said it really well that intersectionality of being in a marginalized community if we could just embrace each other around that and i loved how you put it about you know people say well just stand in my shoes i'm like do not do not diminish their experience by saying right. well you know just stand in my shoes and that's i i've used that term a lot too but i like how you put it but like do not diminish their experience it's their experience you know 
So acknowledge it. I can't have your experience. I just can't. There's pieces of it I can have. Absolutely. There's pieces of it I can feel. But the moment we go, yes, but Mm -hmm. we just diminish somebody else's experience. Well, that's the difference between understanding and empathy, right? Like you can never have understanding, but you can have empathy. So even if you don't understand something, if somebody tells you about their struggle, you can be empathetic and try to just respect their struggle. Not even try, respect their struggle. Just respect what they're telling you. Two people could be walking in the woods, taking the same path, but have different experiences. Taking the same steps, they can have different experiences, see different things, come across certain things, smell different things. So just because you have a, a, a situation that's parallel to another person doesn't mean that you have that same experience. So when they tell you, hey, this is what I'm going through, just shut up and listen. Mm-hmm. Well, so I'm going to go someplace that's a real passion of mine. It's like no, well, taste in general, but no wine is ever going to taste the same, exactly the same to anybody because everybody's taste buds are so different. Mm-hmm. That that nuance of a wine, some people could be like, this is just amazing. And here's why. And somebody else is like, I don't get it. I, you know, and it's the same thing. The nuances of our experiences in the world and how we show up can be as subtle as a note aroma of a wine, but do not diminish that for someone else. Mm-hmm. And I think where the empathy does come in is like embrace that. Okay. That's your experience. Doesn't mean you have to get behind it hundred percent and go, yep, yep. Okay, I agree with you 100%. But being able to acknowledge it and see it is yeah. is to me the really it's something that is a it's I guess maybe it's cuz I came out of the hospitality industry, but and because I I trained as a chef in different levels and all that sort of stuff. It's always been a fascination to me this thing called taste. Because I always like, okay, so I don't know what it, I saw you just Pick up your drink there, Bruce. Is it water? Is it a soda? Yeah, it's just water. Okay. It's water. Okay, but that's a good one. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I, I I would be curious to know. So, how does water taste to Bruce versus how does water taste to Rick? And mm-hmm. people would look at me and go, "Well, it's just water." I'm like, "Yes, but there's probably a subtlety to how it tastes for Bruce versus how it tastes for Rick." If there, because I'm curious the- about those things. Like, you know, okay, right. now he may have flavored water, I may not, but this is that nuances of life. That if we can get fascinated by something that simple, then why can't we get fascinated by, so how is it really for you as a black man versus how it's for me as a white man? It's just these subtleties. And I know that's a big, (laughs) there's a big difference there, but it's sometimes it is the subtlety of it all. Well, no, that look was because I, so what you're asking is and and I'm not cynical. I love people and you know I have a superman complex where I believe in the best of people. Mm-hmm. However, people are pretty self-absorbed and yes. I feel like the world is becoming more and more self-absorbed as we are taking <sighs> selfies and we're wrapped up in our own lives. And I thought the pandemic did a really good job of making everybody slow down and and take those horse blinders off and look at the world surrounding them instead of what was straight ahead of them. Uh, but <laughs> also you're asking people to go against, I don't know if it's their nature, but just a lot of people now are just really, really self-absorbed and they really just care about what affects them and how it affects them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to ask people to go outside of that, that's the 
tough initial conversation. Just listen to me. Mm. Listen. But here's where there's a commonality. If you really think about the black experience and the LGBTQ plus experience, it's all about just listen to me, just mm -hmm. see me, just mm -hmm. hear me, just understand me, just acknowledge that I'm a human being. Mm -hmm. That's it. I'm not going to say a hundred percent, like that's all I need from you, but I'm not going to get in your business. If you're not going to get in my business, I wish we were more there. And I love what you just brought up about the pandemic. Cause I, as you were talking through that, what crossed my mind was, yes, I would have thought that it opened us up to like, okay, but I can't help but think this surge in selfies and see me, see me, see me is because all through the pandemic, people didn't feel seen. They didn't, they didn't get the attention. I think we were on this trajectory pre-pandemic and then everything bottomed out. And now it's almost like, okay, I, I, I've, I've huddled up. I've been, you know, all this stuff hidden. Now I need to be seen and I need to have impact. Well, I saw it in my other business. I saw a lot of people step into like becoming professional speakers because if I don't do this now, when am I going to do it? That's great. I love mm -hmm. all of those that did that. <clears throat> I will have to admit that I feel like some of them just like, I need this to like be validated. Hmm. And so I wonder if that isn't part of this piece too, which is different in my mind, and I think you might agree with this one, which is different than us as a marginalized community saying, I need to be seen. We're saying we need to be seen and recognized as we're human. The other piece of that, the selfies and everything, and I'm not knocking it completely because I do a lot of videos and stuff on Instagram, but it's more, I hope I'm constantly operating from the space of here, I wanna be of service. But I think this is an interesting thing you brought up, like, hey, what does it mean to really be seen and heard and, and understood? Well, I think that's the difference between asking to be seen and then peacocking, yes. right? I think that that a lot of what you were describing with people and the selfies, and, and yes, we did come out of the pandemic happy to come outside. Mm -hmm. Fashion is is bigger than ever now. Yep. And yes, there is a lot of peacocking out there. Um, and I think that's the difference. The difference is marginalized groups are not necessarily peacocking. They're saying, hey, look, just don't listen to me, see me. This is what we're going through. Whereas other people, you know, not saying everybody, not saying everybody. And I think that we were on this trajectory anyway, and that the yep. pandemic did speed it up. Because uh, yep. selfies have been a thing. Instagram, the creation of Instagram. I'm on Instagram. I can't say anything. I created a podcast, right? So, yep. so, so in essence, maybe I'm peacocking. I think I have something to say, but a lot of these people feel like they have something to say. So I, I, that may be a struggle, but if somebody tells me their struggle, mm -hmm. I genuinely want to hear about it because I want to learn. And people need to realize that ignorant isn't a negative term. Ignorant is just not knowing. So a lot of people are just ignorant to other parts of life. Why would you want to be ignorant? Why not go out and learn about things that you don't know about? And that includes you, you, lifestyles. You, you just opened up a whole can of worms there. <laughs> well, I agree 100%. Yeah. I, I, I think it, and it, it hurts me at times. I'm not going to say 100% of the time. It hurts me at times to go, oh, my God, they're so freaking ignorant because there is that side like they just don't know. I get that piece. But when you invite someone to know 
and they refuse to, that to me is the epitome of ignorance. Like yes. you're denying yourself to learn anything else. You're denying yourself. I mean, we won't, well, <clears throat> there's a certain state that's denying that there's anything that's ever happened with the black community right now. And I'm like, this is some deep stuff here. This Which is one? deep. <laughs> well, yes, <Which> one? <laughs> there's, there's a few. <laughs> yeah. One that's, uh, that's got the panhandle kind of at the bottom okay, there. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. That's one that comes to mind first. And there's the other one that's like that thing in the star in the south, you know. And I know there's more. But it's like yeah. when there's you a... refuse to, to know, that to me is pure essence of ignorance. Purest essence of ignorance. So I said this on my own podcast, and I, and I have an, an I don't know if it's an expression or saying or or what have you, um, but guilt. So mm-hmm. that's that's one of the things that people keep pushing where they don't want to learn about Black history, uh, and in the states that you were talking about, I'll name them: yep. Florida, Arkansas, Tennessee, Texas, uh, a little just, bit of North just, Carolina, just South Carolina, <laughs> basically those Southern states. Um, yes, <clears throat> and and they say, well, we shouldn't make kids and we don't want to feel guilty you know that's the past and i didn't have anything to do with it well i have a separate argument for that but guilt is nothing more than that arrow on your moral uh compass Mm. if if you Mm. don't recognize that you feel guilty about something then you don't have to address your morals when you feel guilty about something you have to look within you said the f word earlier and it got me all it literally created this feeling inside of me that i was yep. extremely uncomfortable 10 no it was 20 years ago 20 years ago i would have started laughing because mm-hmm. i didn't see the the dangers and the harms in that word when i learned I started to feel guilty and I started to adjust my moral compass. So guilt is a good thing. Guilt is a good thing. It it allows you to adjust your moral compass and look at your moral compass. Now, the people that want to, talking about black history, the people that want to say they feel guilty about stuff that the forefathers did and uh, say that it didn't have anything to do with them. They don't have any problem with taking all of the benefits of what the forefathers did. Yep. They praise that constitution right and left. And I like the constitution. Mm -hmm. They praise that constitution right and left. So you want to take all the good that they did, but you don't want to acknowledge the bad. No, you can't take Mm -hmm. the good Mm -hmm. and push away the bad, either take all of it or none of it. So that was just my little soapbox. Sorry. Uh, Well, but the soapbox is very similar. You cannot go through the month of June and raise your pride flag and go, look, look what we did and look at all the good we're doing without acknowledging all the bad that is come from the past and is currently going on. Yes. When and there's I'm... over 500 legislative laws trying to be pushed through many, many states across this country towards the LGBTQ community. No, you don't get permission to fly the flag and then go contribute to something. And and this is uh, this has always been a thorn in my side. You cannot look me and my husband in the face and say how much you love us and then go vote for that other side who can't wait to diminish us. Doesn't work that way. Just does not work that way. I think that's the difference between somebody who's just a supporter and somebody who's anti-hate. There's a difference between somebody who supports the LGBTQ plus community. Yep. As opposed to somebody who is anti against the hatred. Yep. Of the LGBTQ community. Yep. There's yep. a difference between somebody saying, well, I'm not racist and, and still voting for Trump and, and supporting racist 
candidates. So you're yep. not anti-racist. Right. You just yourself try to identify as not being racist. So I, you can't be, I can't just be not homophobic. Yeah. Right. I have to be anti-homophobic. Mm -hmm. That means that I'm not only a supporter when you see me, I'm a supporter right. when you don't see me. And, and I don't you know, think a lot of people get that. It's it. Well, I agree. And it's interesting in my own community, Bruce, <clears throat> when I see people like, yes, we got to watch this show about, you know, the trans movement or this show and we got to support it. You know, transparent was like a big thing in our community when that move show was out. And, um, you know, I can't remember the other one that more recently was about like the, um, the, the drag performers in New York city. It's escaping my mind with, um, Billy, what's his name? And like, okay, you can, you can be all about that, but then you're not going to show up to help fight for their rights. Mm. It just, to me, it, and I'm not saying I'm out there on the front lines, but I'm sure the heck not shrinking back from this. I have people on the podcast. I talk to people about this. I'm like, so they're trans. That's who they are. That's what they know themselves to be. And it, it again, I can now really align with you in some ways. I didn't ever not like trans people. In fact, my very first ex true exposure to somebody who was trans was back in 1996. I went to work for a software company in Southern California. <clears throat> and one of our support team members, she was trans. Mm -hmm. and beautiful except for one thing that was just this is who she is she had very thin balding hair and so there was where i mean yes you could see her adam's apple from the transition and everything but i was like okay my that was my first exposure worked with her loved her you i mean this is back in the day when i smoked i'm like we used to go on smoke breaks together i wasn't out of the closet at that time i was married had my kid wife all this sort of stuff and it wasn't until i was on a p flag panel speaking at a college when i started volunteering to do that and my first trans female speaker that i became friends with was sitting right next to me when she got up to speak, she's as big and tall as I am. There's definitely just the body structure and everything. There, There's not really any not knowing, hey, this person has transitioned, right? Man, I struggled. Because I all my, all my DNA could say is, man, man, man. And even in the panel, sometimes I would, I would accidentally slip on that. Mm -hmm. After two panels, I was totally cool. But it's this thing that comes to us like you can't say these things and then suddenly don't go do the work. Right. Not saying I'm perfect, but I, I, I have to say I really work at this because trans, gender nonconforming, I've interviewed people from all those walks of life. And there are times that I still struggle to some degree like, OK, but you look like a dude, you act like a dude, but you're not saying you're a dude or a woman. My my sixty year old brain's like okay I I'm learning but I still got the learning to do so I love that this is part of where the commonality comes in but I also think for you I can't help but think Bruce and I'm going to put some words in your mouth right now that this is kind of some of the genesis possibly for your own podcast like these unsolicited perspectives absolutely um, 
I've always been fascinated by people. And, and sometimes I put my foot in my mouth. Um, and I've done it all my life growing up. When I meet somebody that's different, my initial question is, so what's that like? And I don't mm. mean anything negative by it. I'm just genuinely curious of people. So when I started this podcast, I said, I want to interview all the people that, I, that I'm not familiar with, some people that I am familiar with, with their lifestyles, but I, I, I need to learn more because it's constantly an evolution, right? And also to try and educate people out there. I can do stuff with jokes and humor and because at the core of me, I went to school to be a teacher. I have a teaching degree. The core of me, I, I like to teach. Uh, so that's what I try to do with the podcast, learn myself and then also teach my audience about people from different lifestyles and different backgrounds, uh, because I think that's how we evolve as people. What's one of the greatest lessons you think you've learned by being in that space? Like really just seeing yourself allow that involvement to happen. Well, one, I'm not as smart as I thought I was. Uh, that's that's the first thing, you know. The, well, the that could be a positive. Like, well, I'm not that smart. I'm just well, gonna play dumb right now, right? The humorous in me says, "Well, I know I have above average intelligence, and my IQ is pretty high." But yeah, um, yeah, I'm not as smart as I think I am. And when I think I have something figured out, I learn something new. And I think that's I. I don't go to church but I grew up in a church and I have a relationship with a creator, whatever you want to yep. call them. I have a relationship with a creator. So every night I pray yep. to just be a better person tomorrow than I was today. That's, that's my only goal in life. And so with this podcast, I interview all these people. I learn about their lives from all different worlds of life. I interview yep. a person who is a, um, recovering porn addict that coaches people on porn recovery. And then I go and interview a porn actress, right? I, I want to learn all aspects so I can be the most informed that I can be. And then give my audience an opportunity to get information out there. Because like I said, people are stuck in their group circle. Yep. So if by listening to me, I can introduce you to another group and you can actually hear their words, maybe even listen to them, then you can learn something. Thus, we don't be ignorant. <laughs> you try to be, right? We're always- right. I, I, I agree. I mean, I've, but... I've watched your, you know, prior to even being on your podcast and then since, I've watched the guests and the variety and everything. And I think it's, it's, it is an interesting journey to see how, how you can- and I guess I'm similar, but how you can go from one thing to the next, but it's all about let's keep exploring. Let's keep uncovering. Let's keep, let's keep learning if nothing else, you know, and, you know, I'm approaching 600 episodes on this podcast really soon. And there are days like, what, <laughs> what the fuck am I going to talk about again? You know, <laughs> and then something shows up, I'm like, okay, that works, you know? And I think that's the beauty of, when we can bring ourselves to what brings us joy, number one. Mm -hmm. And to your point of, I feel like I'm just helping and teaching through this medium. I'd much rather just do this to help and teach. Sure. I like them. I like the monetization that does happen in different ways. Yeah. But there's the fulfillment of, okay, if this is my imprint, I leave, this is my imprint, plain and simple. And I think that's Ooh. the beauty of, 
being able to have these mediums like we do at this point to share and do the things that we do. I don't know if I even think of legacy or leaving something behind. Like I just for me personally, that's not mm -hmm. that's not something I, you know, I don't have children. And I remember my dad saying, you know, don't you want to leave something behind? And then it's like, I, I don't think that's the reason why you move through life is to mm -hmm. leave something behind. I think it's to try to live each day the best that you can and get the most out of life, but not be so self-absorbed and self thinking that you're so important that you have to leave this legacy. Look, there are actors that are we that will be beloved for the next hundred years. Michael Jordan's name will live on for another 150 years. Can you name the president that was the president during 1920? Yep. So it, it, it don't think about leaving legacy. Just think about leaving an impression that day. Yep. Yeah. And so, letting yeah. that be good at the end of the day. I mean, I, I like you, I'm not a, I don't, I'm not, you're not going to see my butt parked in a, I mean, parked in a church pew on a weekend, not going to happen. But at the end of the day, I have my little conversation with my power that's greater than me. And I basically say, Hey, did I do okay today? And was that good enough? I don't hold myself to some huge standard, but I also know tomorrow I get to go do it again and maybe do it a little bit better. That's it. And some days I don't care if I, today was one of those days. I didn't really care if I did it better. I didn't sleep and all this sort of stuff. I'm like, this is what we get today, you know? And I think that's the beauty of when you really start, even within your own self, allowing yourself to truly see yourself through your own version of an unsolicited perspective. Like, who am I? Like, who am I wanting to do? Who am I wanting to be? Um, one of my other guests just recently, his grandmother had a phrase that um, actually became kind of the thing we're going to use for his title of the podcast. Her phrase is, I may not know everything, but the best thing I know is you. Hmm. And I thought that's really cool. And then he goes, but I also say that to myself mm -hmm. with you being, I know me. And I think this is interesting spaces that we can play in when you can look at yourself through that, that perspective of, Hey, what does it look like to be unsolicited myself these days without trying to prove something to somebody? No, no selfie required. You also get to know everything you need to know about yourself. And I think it's yeah. a beautiful thing. So very cool. Okay. So somebody wants to listen to the podcast, the best place to go pick it up is probably wherever podcasts are. And I would assume. Unsolicited Perspectives with Bruce Anthony is wherever you get your audio podcast. It's also on YouTube, the video platform. You can go on youtube.com backslash unsolicited perspectives. We have everything on there. For a little while, I was doing a uh, rapid reflections where I would pick mm -hmm. a topic and talk about it for five minutes, but it's too much. I'm doing two shows a week plus two extra shows on my Patreon page. Plus, I'm doing all the post production. Uh, that was too much, but there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of content on the YouTube page. And you can just go to our website at www.unsolicitedperspectives.com where it has everything. Everything, yep. And all that's gonna be connected folks for you that are listening that go to my website and look for the podcast. This podcast will be out everywhere that you would find it as well. And I'd invite you to really become a fan, subscribe and, and follow Bruce and Unsolicited Perspectives. Um, I've got some already saved up for a vacation. I'm getting ready to go on because I'm going to be sitting on a boat in the middle of the ocean. I'm like, I'm going to be listening to podcasts right and left. And, and of course, drinking my little, you know, funky little cruise ship drinks that you would. You got to have that. 
Yeah. Pina exactly. colada so, or strawberry daiquiri. Mm, I am more of like straight up gin and tonics. Let's just go there. <laughs> okay. so, used to be bourbon and Coke. And I'm like, ah, my bourbon doesn't, doesn't work for me as much as it used to. So who knows? I'm sure there will be something on the ship that I'll go. Oh, that's good. The last time I was on a ship like that, I'm like, I really like those bourbon lemonades. And I'm like, Oh wow. A couple of those. And I don't need to drink the rest of the day. So yeah. But anyway, well, Bruce, it was so good to reconnect with you, man. I love what you're doing out there in the world. I hope this has inspired someone else to see themselves, see others, see that empathy come marching forward. And to maybe even just question, okay, am I looking at somebody through this perspective or should I, you know, literally solicit a different perspective to see them, hear them, and know who they truly are. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end, and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves, and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life on Closet. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted, and never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.